Welcome to Chinuch 2.0, a show about the massive changes happening to how we do Chinuch, some of which may never be the same again. So many of our previous shows have been on the topic of tuition. Actually, an administrator of a large school in Brooklyn called the topic a dirty topic. And for good reason. Many parents have a negative attitude towards their children's school. And a lot of it stems from a lack of trust on the financial operations of a school and how it affects the tuition that the parents are forced to pay. So you can imagine, I was shocked to hear that there exists a school in the heart of Bergen County, New Jersey, a place not known for its tuition affordability. It's a school that has tuition rates that are much lower than the other schools in their area, and it's an amount that they claim is actually the true cost of educating a child. So in order to make these lower tuitions possible, they have a very conservative attitude towards spending money because they know that every extra penny spent is going to cost the parents more intuition. Imagine a school that releases its financial data every year to the public and has 92% of parents paying full tuition. Is this a dream? Or maybe this is a model of how all schools should be run. On this show, I interview two faculty members of Yeshivat Ha'atid, Rav Tomer Ronen, who's the head of school, and Mr. Effie Billauer, who's the president. They share how they've chosen to run their school, which is so different than virtually every other Jewish school around. I was able to sense from speaking to them that they're on a mission to provide an excellent chinuch for the children. But realizing that we cannot justify spending unlimited amount of money just in the name of chinuch. They believe that you can provide a great education while also being fiscally responsible. And they are proving it every day. Let's go to the interview. We're speaking with Two, two members of the faculty of Yeshivat HaTed, Rav Tomer, Tomer Ronen, who is the head of school, and Effie Bilauer, who is the president of the board. Welcome. Thank you for having us. us. Okay, good. So Yeshivat HaTed is a very unique school in, in the fact that when it comes to tuition, if you go to their website, you can see that the tuition is a lot lower than many other schools in the area that they serve, which is Bergen County and a lot lower than many other schools anywhere in the world, anywhere in, in the United States. And they're, they're very proud of the fact that the tuition is that low. And they, they, it's on the website that that's all you pay, just the tuition, no other fees. So just to, to, to uh, let, let me turn it over to you and say, what is the philosophy behind your tuition policy and how did you come about it? So maybe a little bit of a background about our school. Uh, the school was founded in 2012 with a very ambitious 
mission statement. Deliver excellent Jewish education in an affordable way. Every decision we are making coming from these two principles, affordability and excellent in education. Um, right now, we, Baruch Hashem, we have close to 600 kids attending Yeshiva Tatid in the fall, and uh, we just graduated our, our first class, and our kids got into, the, most of them got into the first choice of high school. And that is important, definitely, in our area. Um, so how do we do that? How are we keeping tuition lower than many, many schools? Um, I like to say that usually that there is five main elements that keeping our tuition in the level that it is. The, the first one is our educational model. Um, the way that we are teaching in our elementary school classes is different than any, uh, any many, many other schools. We have a, we taking the kids and dividing them based on their ability in the classroom to three to four different groups. And at any given time, um, the, te- the students are not learning all together as one, but we're dividing them by their ability and teaching them by their ability. We have four groups running at the same time, one with the, the, one with the head teacher, one with the assistant teacher, one group usually working independently, and one group usually working on the computer. Uh, our lessons are usually longer than uh, a 35 or 45 minutes lessons. They are close to an hour to an hour and a half. And in that time, the students are every 15, 20, 25 minutes, depending on the lesson and the topic that they're learning, they actually standing up and moving in the room to their next rotations. Mm-hmm. What is that allowing us to do? Is to, to differentiate the instructions in the classroom. We do not need to bring support teachers and enrichment teachers to take a group of kids throughout the day to support them and enrich them. Everything is happening in the classrooms. Yes, there is some student, the outliers, that need a little bit more support. And for that, we are blessed to have Bergen County Special Services that are coming into the building, sending teachers to work with those uh, kids that need that support. But the average child that needs enrichment or the average child that needs support, everything is happening in the classroom. So not just that we are saving money, we're also delivering a better education because when you walk into our classes, our teachers are working with groups of three, four, five, six kids at at a time, but not with the whole group. Mm -hmm. Number one, so delivering excellent education in an affordable way. The second thing is related to our um, tuition model. We believe that many, many families can pay, I'll, I'll take a random number, can pay $10,000. They might have a very hard time to pay $18,000, but with a the ten, they're going to push themselves to pay. 92%, if I'm correct, 92% of our parents are, are paying full tuition. Wow. They're happy to do that. Um, we still have tuition assistant. We still have many families on tuition assistant. But our tuition model is in a way that in, in a way we are raising money once a year for tuition assistant we, and we giving that money out, but it's not a big number in our budget. Uh, 
in the last three years, we gave a hundred, about $100,000. We actually raised more than we actually needed. We raised about 100 and we gave 95. So we are, the tuition dollars that the rest of the parents are paying are not supporting and not helping to pay the, to pay the different in the tuition assistance. So would you say that the tuition, the full tuition really covers the cost of the child's education? A hundred percent. Excellent. Okay. And it's also important, it's important to to point out also to what what Ronen was saying is that the the tuition is only the tuition. Anything that we need to raise for scholarship is done outside. Um, And if we take a look at our tuition uh, scholarship need, Compared to our overall budget, we're talking less than three or two percent of our mm-hmm. overall budget, which is a number that is unprecedented in any other <laughs> exactly. uh, day school. Right. Wow, that that is amazing. That's 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 unbelievable. I mean, in most schools, the tuition usually only covers uh, half or a little bit more than half of the budget. Exactly, and even our staff tuition discount. In many schools, it's a very, very big number. In our num- in our in our budget, we have a number. It's it's, but it's not big. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason for that because a teacher in our school is not. We don't give them fifty percent of tuition discount like many other schools in our neighborhood. We're giving them ten percent or fifteen percent based on their years of in yeshiva teatid. But the ten or fifteen percent bringing them down to a payment that it's less than other schools with 50%. So it's, we're giving them a discount that bringing them down to a place where they- Where it's comparable to what they would pay. Exactly, but it's not a big burden on our, in our budget. How did you come to this whole, this approach of having a very fair, balanced and, and affordable tuition? Like why was that important when you founded the school as a guiding principle? So it's actually, I can say that Yeshivat Atid, the seeds of Yeshivat Atid was actually starting in 2008, in the last tuition crisis. Back then, we called it tuition. Financial, the financial crisis. The financial crisis. So the seeds start then. The group of people from our community in Bergen County was actually, every school in Bergen County was getting together and trying to think about creative ways to solve that tuition crisis. And back then there was a small group of parents that say that there is, we're making changes, but it's not enough. We're helping, but it's not enough. So they thought that to open a school, that from the outset, the, everything that we are do, that they're doing is coming from affordability and delivering excellent education, going to bring bring it to a place where we can say it's sustainable, it's working. The school do not need to fundraise for, to cover the shortfall. That's where we are eight years after. Mm-hmm. Um, we, they looked for a, an educational philosophy that actually going to work to support that. And they found the, the rotations, rotational model that I was discussing before. Um, but it's a front and center. Every decision, it's been made with this mindset. Every decision in the school, if it's not serving for those two elements, we, we, are, not made, we are not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we are very proud of who we are now. 
The other two reasons that I, I said before, five reasons why we are keeping tuition low is uh, a smaller number of administrators. We have less administrators that were doing more of the work. And we also have, um, we also, because of the rotational model, we are able to have a bigger class size that, than other schools. So mm. with classes of 22, 23, even 24 students. Okay. I want to get back to that point. But first, I have a question for Effie. Um, Effie, as the president, you probably deal with a lot of, he- hearing a lot of feedback from other family, from, uh, from family members, from parents that have children in the school. Now, I just did a show on a, on a, major, a major podcast, a major a, a Jewish show about the topic of tuition. And you wouldn't believe the feedback that I got from people who were like angry, like almost angry at their child's school for not being transparent about the school's finances and how they feel that the school is just trying to get more and more money out of them. And, and the, 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 the attitude towards that parents had to the schools, not, I wouldn't say that this applies to everybody, but for, the, for many, many people is that it's not a good, there's not a good relationship. They don't trust the, the child's school and they don't have a good feeling about it. And if they could get away with paying less or, not, or, or, or doing whatever they can to not contribute, they would do that. As, as someone who's involved in the school and, and very, very deeply involved as the president, wh- wh- how do you see when it comes to Shivat Atid, the parents' relationship towards the school? So, so overall, so it's interesting. We did a parent survey. I think it was last year we did uh, a survey. And I think one of the highest complaints that we got as a school was the fact that, that um, the, the students, the, the kids, didn't like the pizza uh, on that lunch day. I think that was like <laughs> the number one complaint that we got overall. But, um, yeah. you know, it, it being a little more serious, I think we don't, Thank God we don't get that complaint, you know, that you mentioned in terms of tuition and the schools are just spending, spending, spending. Um, I think we proved ourselves to be very fiscally responsible very early on. And I'll give you an example. Um, so I started, when I got involved in the school from the beginning, I was on the finance committee and uh, I moved to, to become the treasurer. And then, uh, you know, this is my now fourth year as being president of the school. Um, I remember talking to the, the previous president. Um, this was our third year in existence, and our financial models were having us break in, re- break even at year five. Um, so this was now towards the end of year three, and I called up the president at the end of, the, of our fiscal year, and I said, "I said, Abby, are you sitting?" She's like, "Yes." Why? I said, "We broke e- even." Whoa! <laughs> broke even and early. Yeah, which was a shock to all of us, right? Which was a shock. That meant that um, our our, our model works. And, you know, taking that, the fiscal responsibility very seriously, our our executive director um, is is phenomenal at that. And and that, if, if you ask Ronan, I guess what his biggest headache is in the building is, is, is having to, to always uh, justify the expenses um, and make sure that what we're spending is in line with our model. And I think our parents feel that because they, they understand that um, we're, we're not looking to, um, to keep going to the parent body saying, we need more money, we need more money. We're saying, no, our, our model is that tuition equals our expenses. Um, the only fundraising that we do on an annual basis, like Reverend Ann said, is for our scholarship. Right. Um, that doesn't mean that we're not going to look to raise money to expand our building That's right. as a capital, capital. Uh, camp, capital campaign. We're, 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 
we're close to 600 students this, this coming year and we do need space. So I'm not going to say that we're never going to fundraise for, for certain projects, but at the end of the day, we, we are sticking to what our model is in terms of being financially uh, responsible and, and making sure that every dollar that we collect from tuition is being properly managed and properly spent. Mm-hmm. And I will add to it two things. First, that we, our parents are very, very proud of where we are and to be part of it. So they, they, not, they, they not just not complaining, complaining, they also very proud and happy about being part of Yeshiva Tech. But we also, not because we have, we will spend. So even, even if we have the money, we will think twice, do we need to spend it or not? Is that, is that helping us to deliver the excellent in education that we want to do, that we want to deliver? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and many times the answer is, no, it's not. So we can find other ways of doing it, either cheaper way or better way. Um, but not because we have, we will spend. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a very good philosophy to have. Um, Effie, do you get a question sometimes about, from parents that, that, that feel that the school is not, is not being transparent about the finances? Or, or do, pe- do people generally feel that the school is very open and they, they feel confident that money is being spent wisely? So we put out an annual report, um, which kind of gives a high level of our, of our financial position um, every year. Uh, so we are trying to be transparent in terms of what, you know, how we're spending and what our expenses are, obviously at a high level. Um, but from my standpoint, uh, we don't, as a the president or even the board, we don't get the, those type of complaints in terms of the school being um, either financially not transparent or financially irresponsible with the tuition dollars. So thank God we don't get that, those type of complaints. Yeah, I mean, if, 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 the, if people feel that the tuition's fair and it, it's in line with their expectations of what it really costs to, to educate their child, then, uh, then, then they, they, they won't have these complaints. Just, they'll just be happy with it, right? Shock, shocking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you, how about, do you get complaints on the other side that the school's maybe too cheap and they're not spending enough money in terms of, like, they could be doing things more exciting, maybe better trips or, or spend more money on more teachers or the classes are too big? So that is on my end. Um, many, I don't think there is anything that I say to myself that I want to spend on something and, and we didn't find a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of teachers, we got some very, very high-level teachers to, to work in our school. Some of them moved from local schools uh, that, that the school could not afford them, and we were able to afford them. So I don't mm-hmm. think, I think the model is saving, most of the saving is nothing to do with the education. Uh, I can tell you that we started a, a new program last year that uh, it's unheard of in Jewish education. We have our grade three, four, and five have an hour a week when they have either coding classes, drama classes, or chess classes on a rotational basis. Um, that's something that not every school is able and able to afford to offer that to their students. We also have a very good, beautiful partnership with the Liberty Science Center when they're sending us two teachers into the school to teach our student in the elementary school science. Mm-hmm. Um, they bring all the materials. It, it's coming. It's a beautiful, beautiful program. Very, 
well-known and, and organized and, and, and it doesn't cost me the same amount as having a full-time science teacher because I don't bear all the extra costs that they have. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's only part-time? It's only, they only come uh, a few times? They, they coming, they coming, they have few units with every class and a year and they coming for that specific time that they need to work with that specific class. They're coming to instructors with all the materials, going into the class and working. But I don't pay their payroll taxes, and I don't do a lot of different things that I'm doing with other teachers. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to add to you know, yeah, uh, a point that, that you brought up in terms of if, if parents feel that they're lacking. Um, based on, on our financial model and, and, and the tuition structure, and there are more opportunities or increased opportunities for parents if they feel something is missing, and I'll give you an example, anything that they would then add to the school becomes, first of all, a tax deductible donation because it's a voluntary donation to the school. But there was a family that wanted to, wanted to donate a sensory gym. And they did. They donated the funds for us to, to have a sensory gym, which was something now that you know, they, they felt that there was a need and it was something that, that wasn't in, let's say, our, our budget. And they've donated it to us. So if to them, it becomes a win-win because they're, they're, we're now able to offer that service in the school. And for them, it was a, a deductible uh, donation to the school. I want to mm-hmm. share with you a story. Sure. Um, two or three years ago, I had a parent that I knew from my previous life that came and said and wanted to move her kids to Yeshiva Tati. And she sat down after the tour and she said to me, what is missing? What, tell me, what, where is the, where, what am I as a parent going to miss by coming here? And I said to her, listen, during the day, your child is not going to miss anything. There is music, there is art, there is gym, there is all the extra plus. I said to her, what you might miss now is, for example, a drama club after school. She said, you know what, with that I can leave she came in, she came on board, and she took on herself as a parent volunteer to organize the drama club after school. And it worked, it worked to us beautifully. So again, it's all about how you do things in a way that it makes sense to do them. Sometimes it's not the right time to do them. Sometimes you need to find a different and creative way to do that. For example, our, uh, our um, teams, our basketball teams, for example, we have parents volunteers to be the coaches. So we are saving a lot of money. We don't need to, to sponsor those teams with thousands of dollars. We have parents that volunteers to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. So, yeah, and you think that parents are more willing to be involved on a volunteer basis because they have a good relationship with the school and they trust and believe in the school? A hundred percent. Excellent. And thank God the school, you know, we're, we're, we're growing to almost 600 students, but we're still trying to maintain that, that very tight-knit and close community of families. And, and we keep on, uh, on trying to, you know, to build that, that community and, and make that, that feeling across the board for all the, even the new families to want to be able to, to get involved. And we try to always look for new ways uh, to get families and parents involved. And, and like Reverend Ann said, we, there's a lot of parent involvement in terms of, of whether the basketball teams or the, the soccer team or even the clubs um, that are run by the parents association and not the school. 
um, opens up a lot of opportunities to, to keep building that community and that, that love of the school. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Um, so now turning back to the earlier topic, we, you spoke about the rotational class, the, the, the way the rotational class is set up with four groups. Um, I guess this question is for Reverend If you have, when you use a computer system, I assume you're using a lot of technology um, in, together with the teachers. So the question is, is that, do you see that the, the technology as doing more and more of the teaching process, therefore reducing your need for staff, or is it complementary and actually just helps the teachers teach better, but it's still a very strong partnership between the computer and the teacher? Computer is not replacing teaching. Computer is not replacing a teacher. Computer will supplement, will help reinforce learning. Computer will give us data about the child that is important to read and understand and maybe regroup your, your kids accordingly. But by all means, computer is just to support. Many, many times if we have a different way of, te- of teaching the child and we have it uh, offline or online, we might choose to do, to do it offline because it's a better, better interaction between children and a teacher. Um, the, the, the computer is just another tool in the classroom. We choose very carefully the software that the children are working on. That A, it's synchronized with what happened in the classroom, that they're they working on the computer and the same topics that they're working with the teacher. There, there is levels that is opportunities for us to uh, differentiate the learning on online. But the computer is not the end goal. The learning is the goal. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and uh, does it work, let's say, even with little children, like young children? How, do, how, how does that work? How does the rotational class work so, when you're dealing with such young, young kids? So we're actually starting to do rotations in pre-K. In pre-K, they don't have... We don't have a computers. They don't use computers in the classroom, but we introducing them to the concept of rotations. The teachers, the two, the teachers, we have a Hebrew teacher and an English teacher working side by side on two tables. And then there's a, one or two groups playing in the blocks area, playing on the carpet. And then 15 minutes in, we have our timers on, timer on the wall. It's beeping and the kids already get, know that they need to move to the next rotation. That, that is in pre in kindergarten, it's a little bit more formal. We got, we, it's one hour a day when we're running rotations. Same, similar to, early, to, the kin, to the pre-K, we're just now also going to introduce a computer-based learning. So they have a Hebrew teacher in the, in the rotation, a he, an English teacher. They're going to do math or English and the computer to, to support the learning. And when you go in and looking at elementary school, our model is that we have half a day for genetic studies and half a day for general studies. And in each half of the day, they either had one long rotation or two small rotations. So in English, English, for example, they probably have, they usually have two different rotations, one for math and one for English language art. And in that hour to an hour and a half, they go into rotate to the different uh, elements. So they might do spelling by themselves. They work on it with the teacher on, on reading groups and they're going to work on um, math on the computer, for example. Mm-hmm. So primarily the, the savings, and the, the, at least in terms of from the economic standpoint and, and the costs factor, is that you're getting better data from the computer that helps you uh, reinforce the learning so that the, the children don't need 
that much intervention from teachers, which are which are costly. Exactly. Exactly. Very good. And it's not only the intervention, you know, the data and the intervention. It's also being able to break taking that data and then breaking apart the class into the right levels. Um, this way, you're doing those smaller groups of of kids who are on similar levels, and you're able to really the teacher is able to connect with that group um, and teach them at their level. And then when the ro- when the the group moves to the next group, you know, the next uh, rotation, the new group that comes in is at a different level, and everybody's learning is getting much more, you know, one on five, one on six time with the teacher um, at their level, which is. Very, right. so it's, very so it's better from an educational standpoint, also. Not, Correct. <laughs> not exactly. So that's exactly what I started with. Excellent Jewish education. This mm. is the goal here. So mm. uh, the, the one thing about rotation, it's, it is important to say, you when you divide the kids in many schools doing small group instructions. That's that's something that happened in many, many, many different schools. What we are doing is that the whole day is rotations. The whole day in elementary school, it's rotation. If it's Judaic studies, general studies, math or or Chumash, it's being done by rotation. I remember that many years ago, I was working in another school and they told me, we want to do reading groups in first grade, for example. So how do you do that? You bring one or two extra teachers into the classroom to divide the class into the three or four groups that you need. Here, with, when it's embedded in everything that we do, the class is already split. They're working individually anyway. They're working in small group anyway. The teacher do not need to, we don't need to hire an extra teacher to do that. The teacher is sitting with four or five kids at, at a time for 15, 20, 20, 30, 25 minutes and working with them on their level. She, usually in our classes, we have the, the, you know, the enrichment group, the lower group, the support group, and the two in the middle. And everyone is getting what they need in the classroom. You know, they don't need to be pulled out for that. They don't need, you don't need to bring teachers in for that. And again, there's many children that need extra support, and we have that from the state. Yes, yes. Okay, so ending off over here, uh, I just want to close off with some thoughts. Um, uh, other schools might be listening to this. I hope they're listening to this. And they they no, they they're intrigued about your model, but understandably, they'll be a little bit afraid and hesitant to give up so much revenue from tuition that they're collecting now by voluntarily cutting their tuition almost in half. So Effie, could you share some, you know, some inspiration, maybe some encouragement to a school that might be considering this or a new school that's considering opening up and following your model? What can you share? How's the experience been and, and why you would strongly advocate that they do so? So I think, um, it's probably easier for a, a new school to adopt this model and to really start from the ground up because it's really, it's taking the mentality um, that we mentioned earlier in terms of it's affordable Jewish you know, education, you know, excellent education. Um, and that affordability aspect has to be um, equal to offering that excellent education. So for uh, the existing schools, it, it might be a, a little bit of a, a difficult switch to really always put on that affordability hat um, so it, from, from my standpoint of being somebody who was involved from the beginning when the school first opened, it's, it's it, it really, you, you see, um, the benefits of being able to offer the, the excellent education at, at an affordable price, 
um, to a community where you have parents and I've, I've had parents who come over to me and said, listen, I was able to have more than two kids because of Yeshiva and Hatid. Wow. Now I could be, I could be proud to say that I can spend and, and pay the full tuition at Yeshiva and Hatid and, and, and be able to have that. Third, fourth, I, I, fourth I, could, I could bring Jewish children into the world. I could afford to. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And not have the have tuition weighing down on your shoulders um, and, and, and have to think about tuition before making that decision about having uh, another child. So, I mean, it's definitely, it, it's been a, a great organization and great, um, um, project to be involved with and, and the school has grown so much and it, it's been from just a personal standpoint just a, um, uh, a great accomplishment and, and being I'm very proud to be uh, involved with it Okay and Rev, Rev Ronen uh, just your closing thoughts on what you want to share to, uh, to the world and how others, world. Can, <laughs> and others can learn from you So I can say that I was very spe- skeptical before I came to Yeshiva Teatid and now that I see it in action, it's working. There is a model out there that it's working. Our bigger mission in, an, in Yeshiva that is to, to have in every community an, an, an affordable option. We're chas v'shalom not saying that there is no, that this is the only way of educating kids. This is definitely one of the ways. And there's definitely in Bergen County, you can't go wrong. It's like amazing community to live in because we have so many amazing options in all the other schools. We, it, throughout the years, I have so many people reaching out to me and asking me, what do you do? Tell us, what can we do in our school? I think the fundamental here is if you want to do it. If there is no other way and you want to find a way to, to different way of educating a kid and be affordable, there is ways. It's going to need a lot of work and a lot of hard decisions, but if you are willing to invest and you're willing to commit, you will find a way to do it. The Jewish education is not a status quo. We cannot say there is nothing that can be done because there is a lot that can be done. We, we are the proof of it. And again, we have so many different elements in the school. It doesn't mean that every element will work for everyone, but as long as you're thinking about it, as long as you are pushing yourself to find the way to do it, you will get there. But not doing, especially in this time, it's not an option because many families cannot afford the, the high tuition. And again, there's many families that can, and that, therefore, there's other options. But for the families that are struggling, they really need that as an option. And tuition assistant is not the answer for everything. Right. Yes, definitely so. So uh, just want to thank you both for coming on the show and for being the inspiration, for leading by example. We really, really hope that other schools learn from you and see how, how wonderful, how great it is, how it's working, and how you can have parents on your side and give you, the children a, a great, great education. And I will add one more sentence that if anyone, any head of school or any community member that want to reach out to me and, and have a conversation with him in more details about Yeshiva Tehatid, um, we are happy to do so. Okay, we'll share your information with, uh, with people who would like to reach out. Thank you so much, Afi. Thank you so much, Rav Ronen. And good Thank you very much. Batzlacha. Keep up Thank the good you. work. You've been listening to Chinuch 2.0, a show exploring the changes happening 
how we do Chinuch. Chinuch 2.0 is hosted and produced by me, Aaron Parnas. Special thanks to David Lichtenstein of Headlines, who inspires the show. You can subscribe to the show on Apple or Google Podcasts or on our website, chinuchshow.com. For suggestions, comments, or guest ideas, please visit chinuchshow.com. Thanks for listening.